Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> you know what's sad about that whole thing is like his maids and stuff are like walking around Dude, I was back the, the and they're same freaking... fucking thing i was like this is so inappropriate it's so racist i uh, was like they just have to like they what they can't say anything is lebron james here <laughs> and they just keep going on and on and getting worse and worse and more yeah. at the it's... end he's like yipping <laughs> He's like, yeah! And it's just like, you see the maids in the background, like, serving him food and shit. And I'm like, oh my god. Can you imagine the conversations when they get so home dark. to their family or whatever? And there's like, ay, just me, I have to listen again. <laughs> Do the Taco Tuesday. <laughs> everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where seed in your fast belts and F5 your life. F5 my life because we're all still waiting for Kawhi Leonard to make his decision on whether or not to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse first or after he watches Spider-Man Far From Home out in theaters now. It's a tough decision. No, I'm just kidding. We're still waiting on Kawhi Leonard's decision on whether or not to become a frickin' Los Angeles Laker. Let's go, homie. Fourth of July is coming up. Canada Day has passed. Time to pledge your allegiance to America and leave Toronto for good. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. For obvious reasons, this is going to be a solo pod. And for obvious reasons, this is going to be a short pod. Because uh, by the time I publish this on the internet. Kawhi Leonard will have probably already become a Laker. This episode will have already been old news, and 
I just didn't want to waste my uh, co-host time. So you're going to have to bear with me. Uh, With that said, welcome to the show. I am back from my vacation in Hawaii. I have gained about five to eight pounds. Trying to figure out how I'm going to lose that in the next two weeks before Tommy's wedding. But uh, I will find a way. Um, In the meantime, waiting on Kawhi Leonard is not helping that because all I want to do is just binge snack and do nothing active. Um, With that said, speaking of free agency, as the Lakers Legacy Podcast, we are actually no longer free agents. We have joined the Lineups Podcast Network. This this episode is presented by Lineups. Check them out at lineups.com. Yeah, we're excited to join them and uh, we will officialize our transition over to their network soon enough. But yeah, so there's one free agency signing. Also, before I get started, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. Because the more you rate and review us on iTunes, that's one less free agent off a very dwindling list of free agents who will not come off the board between now and when the Lakers finally sign Kawhi Leonard. So please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. You can go there if you'd like to help us out financially in any small way. Even a dollar helps. Um, All contributions and proceeds for the next two months will be going to Tommy and his future wife. So make sure to congratulate him on his upcoming wedding and all that jazz. Um, Okay, hey, so the Lakers have not signed Kawhi Leonard yet, but they have made two signings in the last two days. So so we're on a better ratio than uh, we have been since free agency started on Sunday, at least in comparison to the rest of the league and how lightning fast uh, all these guys have been getting scooped up. Um, The Lakers have signed Troy Daniels and Jared Dudley. Troy Daniels is a 28-year-old 6'4 shooting guard. He looks more like he's 6'2". Jared Dudley is a 6'5", 6'6", small forward. He is 33 years old. Hey, these are really great signings, especially considering that these are just veteran minimum signings and they'll probably be taking up roster slots 10 11 12 at best so i think someone in the lakers scouting department or front office is clearly using analytics with these two signings and praise the lord in comparison to how we started off last year with rajon rondo lance stevenson michael beasley and those guys weren't even minimum signings actually which is crazy to think about getting a guy like jared dudley and getting a guy like troy daniels who Both of them are career 40% three-point shooters. Jared Dudley is a career 39% shooter. Uh, Troy Daniels is a career 40% shooter. So clearly someone is paying attention to the analytics. And while these two players don't do much else besides shoot, these guys are consummate professionals. They're, They're guys who are great in the locker room. And I think at the end of the day, they just know how to stick to their role and fill their role adequately without doing too much. And so they'll, they'll, they'll be able to stretch the floor and just hit a wide open shot without us having to worry whether or not they're going to get a turnover or start doing some Lance Dance type stuff. Although Lance Stevenson may still rejoin this team, who knows. So with regards to those two signings, at the veteran minimum of $2 million apiece, uh, I think the Lakers have done very well. Which is why I'm a little surprised that Lakers fans have been freaking out the entire last two days. And it's crazy to think that it's only been two days um, since free agency started. Although I guess two and a half days considering that free agency started on Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. But I guess in comparison to how quickly things were shaken up in the free agency market and how crazy day one was, I guess if we're comparing the Lakers pace to that, 
then yes, we are moving at a snail's pace. Kawhi Leonard is moving at a snail's pace, especially since Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to Brooklyn Nets seemed like it was a given, as well as Kemba Walker to the Boston Celtics. All those deals seems seemed like they were a given pretty much on Friday. So yeah, in comparison to all that, Kawhi Leonard and the Lakers are moving like turtles. But like that tortoise and the hare story, hopefully it's the turtle in this sense that wins the race because of their patience, which is something that can't be said for the Lakers the last few years, which again is why I'm not sure why fans are freaking out. Look, I know that the list of remaining free agents is very small, sparse, etc., etc. But look, this summer was very 2016-esque. Teams have gotten smarter with the length of contracts that they're doling out. They're only doling out two-year contracts, three-year contracts, and now they're even adding on team options and maybe for less money than what was being given out in 2016, although some deals were kind of crazy. Terry Rozier, the contracts that the Knicks gave out, uh, Ricky Rubio. While it's similar to 2016, teams have done a slightly better job of uh, risk mitigation. But having said that, there still have been a vast majority of overpays. And the Lakers, because of the fact that they had to wait out Kawhi Leonard, have largely been able to avoid giving out a pseudo-Luau Deng contract, a pseudo-Mozgov contract. And um, we have to be grateful for that. And while a lot of the solid guys are off the board, including some solid veteran minimum guys like Wesley Matthews, Noah Vonley, Willie Cauley-Stein, Jeff Green. All these guys got scooped up today. Oh, Emmanuel Moutier. So these are all guys that the Lakers that Lakers fans were, were hopeful that they could target and get at the minimum or even the room exception. So these guys are all gone. But one thing we have to consider is it's naive to think that the Lakers are putting their all their eggs in one basket with regards to Kawhi Leonard and just waiting this thing out with him while not also planning ahead of time and making contingency plans around Kawhi Leonard, around this Kawhi Leonard stalemate. If you think that the Lakers haven't already made contingency agreements with free agents that are still waiting out there, whether it's with guys like the Morris Twins or Danny Green or KCP even, I I don't know what to tell you because (laughs) this stuff happens all the time. These contingency agreements and plans happen all the time depending on if a certain scenario plays out one way then the Lakers and their proposed agreement with a certain free agent will go another way you know so like this happened uh you know three or four years ago when Mitch Kupchak was trying to make some free agency signings in the market and had a deal in place with Larry Bird and the Indiana Pacers that if he struck out in free agency that they would consummate a deal for Roy Hibbert. And Larry Bird was okay with that agreement. He waited waited that out. And lo and behold, the Lakers struck out on free agency and they executed that Roy Hibbert trade days after uh, the market had dried up. So I think this is exactly what's going on with the Lakers right now as they wait out Kawhi Leonard's decision. They probably have agreements in place with certain guys like Markeith Morris, Marcus Morris, DeMarcus Cousins, KCP, Vince Carter, all these guys telling them, hey, will you agree to become a veteran minimum type of guy if Kawhi Leonard joins? And if Kawhi Leonard doesn't join, we can give you a pay raise and get you 5 to $8 million because then we'll have a bunch of cap space that we won't know what to do with. 
So, so, you know, I believe that whether or not Kawhi Leonard comes, the Lakers have contingency plans in place and agreements in place with certain free agents, whether they become veteran minimum exception guys or room mid-level guys or get some of our cap space. I think the Lakers already have that lined up. So when you see Noah Vonley coming off the market, when you see Willie Cauley-Stein come off the market, Emmanuel Moutier, Jeff Green, oh no, so sad. And I see people on my timeline going, oh, come on, Lakers, come on, Kawhi, Rob, you suck. I'm just like, dude, that just means that those weren't the guys the Lakers promised when entering these negotiations, these shadow negotiations with Kawhi Leonard. So everybody just chill out, just relax. If this summer has taught us anything, overreaction is not going to get us anywhere. And most of the time, overreaction, we should leave that to the outside media, to opposing fan bases. It's almost crazy to me that we get so pissed off when opposing fan bases overreact to every little thing, when Woj is over-dramatizing the Lakers' turmoil and toxicity. And yet we as the fan base feed into that and fan that flame ourselves. I mean, I get it. I get all the PTSD. I get all the hypersensitivity to everything that's gone on in Lakers land the last couple months. But we're just a few weeks out from all of the Rob Palinka crazy histrionics that went on where we found out that, oh, okay, maybe they did have their books in order and maybe this was the plan all along and we were overreacting for nothing. So let's not do the same thing here because I do believe the Lakers have a plan. They're not freaking out. We shouldn't freak out either. At this point, maybe we should give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt now that they have Anthony Davis, um, now that they were able to get a second round pick in Taylor Horton Tucker and even signed a two-way contract type guy in uh, Zach Norvell, who seems to have some NBA potential in him, especially with his jump shot. So maybe it's time to give them a little bit a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in this scenario, because they'd be crazy if they did not have plans lined up if Kawhi Leonard signs, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't sign. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't sign, even if they don't have all these agreements set in place with veteran minimum free agents or free agents who will eat their cap space. I'm sure they also have trade contingency plans in place to absorb guys like Goran Dragic or Evan Fournier into their cap space to take up that money and fill some of their rotation spots. So everyone calm down. Let's wait. And by the time this podcast is over, I'm sure we'll have signed at least two other guys to veteran minimum exceptions or maybe even the room mid-level. And then on top of it, we we already know, and obviously we don't want to count these uh chickens before the and obviously we don't want to count our chickens before those eggs hatch man i'm really bad at idioms i always screw them up i'm filipino i'm sorry um but you can also even pencil in potential buyout guys like kyle corver avery bradley and andre iguodala so it's not as dire the situation is not as dire as people are making it seem people were overreacting to every little string of signings that was going on today. I know it happened in a flurry, so that kind of led to more of the panic because in a span of like 30 minutes, Jeff Green, Emmanuel Moutier, Willie Cauley-Stein, Noah Vonley had all signed. But look, if they're signing that quickly and they're signing for as little as they're signing, that should signal to you that the Lakers have a plan in place and have probably promised certain free agents and certain guys their veteran minimum exception spots, those roles, or their room mid-level exception, or their cap space. So don't freak out. Uh, With that said, I'm going to turn it over to one of our sponsors. When I come back, we'll talk about where we go from here, uh, who are some of the options left for the Lakers, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
what else are you going to do? We, we all have to wait for Kawhi. Okay, so we're back, and I wanted to just quickly assess the Lakers situation right now. Um, I'm recording this at 9 p.m. July 2nd. I guess you got to time mark and timestamp everything these days because you never know when things are going to drop, big news is going to drop, and uh, anything you say on this podcast can and will be used against you on Twitter. Um, so yes, this is 9 p.m. July 2nd. As it stands right now, the Lakers can actually field a starting lineup and have some guys come off the bench. Uh, the Lakers have Anthony Davis, they have LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, Troy Daniels, Jared Dudley. We can pencil in Alex Caruso. So that's seven guys right there. The Lakers have a full starting lineup and two guys coming off the bench. Guys like Jonathan Williams and Zach Norvell are two-way contracts and won't count against the Lakers' 15-man roster, so keep that in mind. That'll leave the Lakers with seven more slots to fill. Um, and I say seven because the Lakers typically have liked to go into summer camp or preseason with uh, 14 roster spots and uh, leaving that 15th roster spot open for flexibility, whether they want to sign one of their preseason guys or randomly sign another guy off the free agency market or make a trade. Um, so the Lakers have seven additional roster slots to sign right now. If Kawhi signs, then they'd have eight guys and would need, we would need to fill out six more roster spots. So at that point, we'd have five minimum exceptions to sign and one room room exception to sign. Uh, with that room exception, maybe they've already promised Markeith Morris or Marcus Morris that spot. Maybe they've promised KCP that spot. At this point, I'm hoping with how much money they've already paid KCP when he didn't have a market the last two years that KCP will just take a veteran minimum deal so that we can retain his bird rights and then we'll pay it back to him the next year. So that's my hope. And maybe, in the best case scenario, Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris both split the Rue mid-level exception evenly and uh, come to the Lakers for a little more than what they'd get at the veteran exception level. Um, that's the best case scenario. At this point, I'd almost pencil in Rajon Rondo Pencil in maybe JaVale McGee. Pencil in Andre Iguodala. And at that point, you'd have, if we get Kawhi Leonard, like one more spot to fill. Uh, with that spot, you'd probably want to get another point guard to soak up some of Rajon Rondo's minutes. So yeah, I don't think that the Lakers are in a dire spot, like I said in the first segment, because they have a lot of options at their disposal. It may just not be the most conventional option because you're probably just looking at a free agency sheet and saying, oh my gosh, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, who do they have left? You have to think about the fact that they have the trade market left. They can be a cap space team and use their cap space to their advantage. You also have to think about the fact that these guys left on the market and there are still some solid dudes left. Their options have dwindled too. There are not a lot of teams with cap space. It's pretty much us, the Dallas Mavericks, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Atlanta Hawks, who have like double-digit cap space. And if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, then that that dwindles it down to us and Dallas. So these guys are running out of options too, and productive players like Wesley Matthews and Jeff Green have signed on for the minimum. So it's been proven that the Lakers can and will find some productive players for that uh, small amount of money. I mean, Jared Dudley even said himself that, it, that he wanted to go here. It was his dream to come here and play for a contending team. So... He signed on for this this lifestyle, and I don't think he's uh, alone in 
in that sentiment to to want to join the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and join something historic. So with that said, now that we know the lay of the land and the Lakers probably have to fill out five, six more roster spots, depending on whether or not you want to pencil in Rajon Rondo, KCP, JaVale McGee, I wanted to take a look at some of the point guards remaining on the free agency market. My top Lakers point guard candidates to help take some minutes away from Rajon Rondo. Obviously, I have Alex Caruso penciled in, and we're hoping that he at least gets 20 minutes next year. But I'm not sure how ready he'll be or how gung-ho Frank Vogel will be about throwing him to, to the wolves right off the bat, even though obviously second half of last season he proved his worth and his value and that he is an NBA caliber sort of player. I think Vogel and the front office will still be more comfortable trotting out a more established uh, point guard regardless, even though I think at the end of the day, Alex Caruso will definitely get his due. But here are my top Lakers point guard candidates still out there. And obviously this may change in the next five minutes. Uh, TJ McConnell, Trey Burke, he's more of a scoring point guard, but at this point around LeBron James and potentially Kawhi Leonard and playmakers like that, you just want a guy who can hit an open shot and uh, maybe score a little bit. And that's Trey Burke. Uh, Quinn Cook. At this point, the Golden State Warriors are, I think they're hard capped or in the luxury tax, one or the other, or maybe both. And they'll probably have to uh, let go of Quinn Cook. Jared Bayless played for the Minnesota Timberwolves last year, had a really nice stretch at one point where he was, you know, averaging 15, 18 points and five assists, hitting threes. Uh, there's Jeremy Lin, who would kind of fit that Jared Dudley culture-building, great locker room presence sort of guy, but also someone who, if fully healthy, can really contribute. And, you know, I know Lin didn't do well with the Toronto Raptors last year, but prior to him signing on with the Raptors, he was really, really solid for the Atlanta Hawks. He was a guy who was averaging around 10 points and 4 assists. So if you can get that type of production off the bench, uh, I think that's really solid. Uh, Tyus Jones is a guy who I'd really like the Lakers to try and um, get if he's somehow renounced. He's a restricted free agent. That's the only problem. DeLon Wright of the Memphis Grizzlies is also a restricted free agent. So unless the Lakers strike out on getting Kawhi and want to offer up Tyus Jones an $8 million contract for some reason um, and the Timberwolves don't match that, then sure, that that could be an option and I'd probably like that option because I really like Tyus Jones. He averaged like 4.5 assists last year in a limited amount of minutes. And uh, I just think he's a he's a good young point guard with uh, potential. Um, but that's pretty much the point guard crop for the Lakers. Like I mentioned, there are the Shelvin Max of the world. There's Devin Harris, R- Raymond Felton, Jose Calderon, J.J. Barea. But for me, if I had to pick, I would go with this short list of T.J. McConnell, Trey Burke, Quinn Cook, Jared Bayless, and Jeremy Lin to add that point guard depth and not leave Rajon Rondo out there by himself or leave Alex Caruso out there by himself. Um, let's see. What else did I want to get to? Um, another topic that I wanted to bring up and point that I wanted to bring up, which I did on Twitter today, is with one of their remaining roster spots, I would like the Lakers to take a flyer on at least one youngish reclamation project to help them replenish the asset depth that they lost um, with regards to shipping out Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, the number four pick. Um, they are very devoid of attractive assets or even attractive in the sense that 
if one of these guys hits, another team would still be intrigued because of the pedigree of that asset in terms of when that asset was drafted. Um, the Lakers are lacking in that. So it would be my preference that with one of their remaining roster spots that the Lakers take a flyer on a young reclamation project, preferably a guy who in the last five years was a first-round draft pick, or if not a first-round draft pick, has at least shown flashes in the league, but just hasn't found a permanent home. So you can think of guys like Kent Bazemore or even a uh, Fred Van Vliet. But I think because of how the Lakers roster is currently constructed, if, if they want to make trades down the road, they simply don't have the assets to do that. And so if they can just take a flyer on a former first-round reclamation project and in the unlikely chance that that guy somehow produces... The Lakers can either continue to ride that guy and have another contributor on the cheap or use that guy in a suite, as a sweetener in a bigger package down the road. And just more importantly, the Lakers just need to replenish their assets because these veteran minimum exception guys like Jared Dudley and Troy Daniels, they won't hold very much value moving forward. So if they can try and um, get their version of Sean Livingston, who the Golden State Warriors kind of reclaimed from the Clippers after his terrible injury, and and he managed to bounce back and become a very meaningful contributor, someone like that, that would be great. Now, we may get a scenario where whoever the guys pick or sign may just end up like Wesley Johnson, who was a former lottery pick, or Derek Williams, who was a former former lottery pick, or Thomas Robinson, who was a former lottery pick. These are all former Lakers that the Lakers, that the team took a chance on because they had that pedigree of being a lottery pick, and those guys just didn't pan out. Although Wesley Matthews was able to establish somewhat of a solid career as a role player off the bench. But having said that, here are the list of uh, youngish reclamation projects that are still out there. Willie Cauley-Stein is out, Emmanuel Moutier is out, Rodney Magruder's out. Uh, that leaves us with Jabari Parker. I know a lot of Lakers fans are very wary about that name because it's Carmelo Anthony 2.0, the young version of Carmelo Anthony who doesn't get played to pay defense. But uh, <laughs> look, man, at this point, for the veteran minimum, Jabari Parker is still a very athletic and gifted scorer. You never know what potential he can tap into on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and maybe Kawhi Leonard spearheading things. So we got Jabari Parker, Henry Ellenson, who the, the Pistons let go, Czech Diallo, small ball five sort of guy, kind of reminds me of Bam Adebayo. Um, Noah Vonley's out, so Marquise Chris is out there. Wild card, but very athletic and may still have some promising tools. Dragon Bender, I think he's a lost cause, but again, you never know. As a prospect coming into the league, he was a... Very intriguing 6'10 center, 7-foot center who could move his feet on the perimeter. Things just haven't clicked for him in the NBA, and he's only been able to show flashes here and there. But as a bench player, can he fill that sort of Jonas Jarebko-type role for the Lakers? Who knows? He might. Um, We got Sam Decker, who the Washington Wizards let let go. Stanley Johnson. Uh, Things haven't panned out for Stanley on the offensive end, but he's still shown some flashes of defensive potential. And at the end of the day, he's still a 6'5", 6'6", wing, and those are hard to come by. We saw what Memphis did the last year, reclaiming or picking up Bruno Caboclo. And Caboclo had a really nice 5-10 to game stretch where he was really putting up points on the board and flashing his uh, tantalizing length. And maybe some of that can be unlocked with Stanley Johnson. We never know. There's Furkan Korkmaz, who played a role with the 76ers last year. 
you know, combo guard type player who can theoretically shoot the ball. Um, we got Rondé Hollis Jefferson, played with the Nets last year. Again, like Stanley Johnson, shows some defensive upside and potential. There's Timofey Luawu Cabarro from the 76ers. Things haven't panned out for him as well, but coming at, coming into the league, he was one of the guys that we had targeted who could be a very intriguing 3 and D type wing. Um, can he round out his shot? Can he find himself defensively on a team like this with very little expectations? Who knows? And then there's Justin Anderson, who's also another potential 3 and, three and D type player who just has cut, sort of bounced around in the league and really never found his, um, found his groove. So again, Jabari Parker, Henry Ellenson, Czech Diallo, Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, Sam Decker, Stanley Johnson, Furkan Korkmaz, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Timofey Luau-Cabarro, Justin Anderson. You can also add Tyler Lydon if you want to. I, I won't. Um, but I would like the Lakers to take a chance on one of those guys in, in the hopes that they somehow hit it out of the park and they become meaningful contributors. Because if they do, then that's just another asset to you know, throw in a trade later or just have on your roster as someone that you can build around. Kind of the way that um, the New Orleans Pelicans was were able to find Christian Wood and extract some value from Jaleel Okafor last year. Christian Wood, you can maybe actually add to this list because he's a non-guaranteed contract. So he might be part of this list as well. And if, if he is, the Lakers should really go hard after uh, Christian Wood. If it were my preference, my top three guys out of this list would probably be um, Stanley Johnson, I still really like Dragon Bender. I still think there's potential there because he's a guy who doesn't seem like he's erratic and can probably just fill a role. So for me, it would be Stanley Johnson, Dragon Bender, and maybe Czech Diallo. I also like Justin Anderson and Timofey Luau-Cabarro. So I guess that's more than three guys. But point being, I think the Lakers should use one of their remaining roster slots on a young reclamation project in the hopes that it moderately pays off for them down the road. But again, it may just turn out to be Wesley Johnson, Thomas Robinson, Derek Williams all over again. But at this point, it doesn't hurt to try very little risk. Okay, lastly, before I close the show, I want to bring up the non-Kawhi Leonard scenario. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's a possibility. He may just return to the Toronto Raptors. So let's say that happens. What can the Lakers do? They've dug themselves a hole, like some people are saying or overreacting to. Like I said... I wouldn't overreact because even in this scenario where Kawhi Leonard doesn't come to the Lakers, I'm pretty sure they had a pl- they have a plan in place, and even I can start outlining that plan and coming to the conclusion that we are we are not dead in the water as, as much as people want to want to think so, or as much as the waiting is getting to people and making them go insane. So one option that the Lakers could take, like I've mentioned before, and as most of you already know, one option they could take is to absorb a productive player into their cap space and this is probably going to be a player that's on a team who's hard capped or paying some luxury tax and they just don't want to have to go into next season paying a hefty bill so this player is probably not extremely good but is still productive or is productive enough that he can not fill a role for the Lakers without the Lakers having to give up any assets in return or at the most, give up a future second rounder. So if the Lakers strike out on Kawhi Leonard, some of the guys that they could look at to take on into their cap space and take away from a team's cap books and provide them some salary cap relief would be, on the Orlando Magic, 
There's DJ Augustine, who's making $7 million. There's Evan Fournier, who's making $17 million. DJ Augustine is expiring. Evan Fournier is on a two-year contract. Um, His second year, however, in 2021 is a player option. He's likely to take that, or maybe he's likely to not take that and enter a very scarce and shallow free agent market. Who knows? But either way, even taking on a guy like Evan Fournier won't hurt the Lakers' long-term plans because there's nobody to get in the 2020 free agency market anyways. So you're probably likely better holding on to Evan Fournier. And Evan Fournier, by the way, is only 25 years old. Okay, he's 26 years old. And he's a guy who averaged 15 points and around three assists and three rebounds last year. So that would not be a bad guy to to take on, especially because the Orlando Magic just re-signed Nikola Vucevic, just re-signed Terrence Ross. I mean, they're paying these guys a lot of money at redundant positions on their team. And if you can get a guy like Evan Fournier, who, look, this year he only shot 34% from three, but he did average two makes a game. And he's one year removed from shooting 38% from three, making 2.2 threes a game. Um, I would love to get a guy like Evan Fournier because he could just fill a role for you. And they prob- the Lakers probably won't have to give up too much, if anything, at all, just because the Orlando Magic will probably be looking for some financial savings because of how much their roster currently costs. A roster that will likely only get them one or two wins in the playoffs if they even make it again next year. So Evan Fournier is definitely a guy I look at. DJ Augustine would be a guy I look at. Cost-effective $7 million expiring point guard that can fill a role for a uh, for a very point guard light Lakers roster right now. So, so yeah, there's DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier from the Magic. Uh, on the Charlotte Hornets, there's Marvin Williams, who opted into his player option. He's an expiring $15 million stretch four, probably one of the most underrated and best stretch fours that you could ask for. I don't know if the Lakers need any more wings, but if they strike out on Kawhi Leonard, I mean, they'll need to fill out the roster any way that they can. So he might not be a bad option. Kelly Olynyk on the Heat, he's making $11 million. I think the Heat have been trying to get out of some contracts as well. He would be a great option as a stretch five, stretch four for the Lakers. Um, obviously has playoff experience as well. The Heat also have James Johnson. I don't know how great a fit that would be because he's not a knockdown three-point shooter. But the one name that has consistently been coming up if the Lakers strike out on Kawhi Leonard is Goran Dragic. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers have one of those contingency trades lined up like they did back in 2015 or 14 with Roy Hibbert to take on Goran Dragic once they strike out on Kawhi Leonard. And the most they'd probably have to give up is a second rounder, not Kyle Kuzma like some Miami Heat fans are thinking they'll get (laughs) in a Goran Dragic exchange. And then lastly, there's a guy like Tyler Johnson on the Phoenix Suns who presumably they were even thinking of cutting or stretching. I'm a little lukewarm. Maybe lukewarm is putting it uh, lightly on Tyler Johnson, but at the very least, he's another combo guard who you could make use of in your rotation. And he's an expiring contract this year, although he's making $19 million. Holy crap, that is crazy. That is a ridiculous contract. But he is only 26 years old, so whatever. Um, So yeah, those are the types of guys that are out there that the Lakers could absorb into their cap space. And I specifically chose guys who are only on one to two year contracts because I doubt the Lakers would want to take on someone like Kevin Love, who still has four years left on his contract and is making an average of $30 million a year. And at the end of his contract, he'll be 34. Yeah, I I purposely left guys like those out because I don't think the Lakers want to hamstring themselves to a contract that long and will probably want to go back onto the market by at, at the earliest 2021. 
Um, they'll obviously want to bypass uh, 2020 because there's no one on the market that year. But I think they'll at least want to keep their options open and still maintain some sort of cap flexibility, especially because the cap is expected to jump again in the next year or so. So I left guys like Kevin Love out and even a guy like Nicholas Batum, who's making 25, 27 million the next two years, just because one, Nicholas Batum is kind of washed up, but also he's making way too much money and um, yeah, not, not worth it at this point. So yeah, that's one option the Lakers could take. And again, it just goes to show you that they are not dead in the water. This option is available to them. And if you can get a Goran Dragic or an Evan Fournier on your roster and still have the room mid-level left to use or the room exception left plus veteran exceptions, and you know that a guy like Andre Iguodala or Kyle Korver, Avery Bradley are also on the way, that is still a solid, solid roster that can make it to the finals next year. One last thing, uh, one option that I haven't explored would be if the Lakers strike out, maybe then they could turn their sights to making a restricted free agency bid on someone like Kelly Oubre, or like I mentioned before, Tyus Jones. Because right now, those guys are kind of just sitting pretty and waiting for waiting to see if they have a market or waiting to negotiate a deal with their current teams. And their current teams are probably just saying, well, let us know once you have an offer and we'll decide whether or not to match it. But at that point, if the Lakers have struck out, maybe they just offer up Kelly Oubre a $15 million contract for two or three years. I don't think the Suns are likely to match that. That might be too rich for them, especially after the contract that they gave Ricky Rubio. And I I don't know if Lakers fans like that idea, but I mean, Kelly Oubre could be a homeless man's version of Kawhi Leonard. You know, I mean, he's not the most efficient player. He did show flashes when he was with the Suns last year, and I know this because he was on my fantasy team and he put up some stats for me. Obviously, stats aren't everything, but you just look at Kelly Oubre's height, 6'8", 6'9", his length and his 7 foot plus wingspan, his ability to somewhat hit 3 point shots and also gather up some steals and blocks and uh, that's a guy who you may want to take a chance on as your replacement for Brandon Ingram. I know it's a poor man's replacement but at that point why not try and go young and see if you can groom this guy into a contributor. Uh, So that's another option I could see the Lakers taking. I think it's more unrealistic than any of the options I've laid out before but one that I don't think anybody else has brought up that I think maybe the Lakers will explore. And if they offer up Kelly Oubre a $15 million contract, they'd still have, what, $17 million left? Then they could go after Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris still. So that, that wouldn't be a bad roster either. You know, you get the Morris twins plus Kelly Oubre, who you can kind of groom and see what he can become. I, I've kind of find that intriguing. And then even, even if you want to go after someone like Tyus Jones, who I think if you give out a restricted free agency offer for him, maybe you only have to pay... I put only in quotes, $8 million? Is that enough for the Minnesota Timberwolves to not match that contract? It might be because they already, they're already dealing with the Albatross contract that is Andrew Wiggins and already found it to be quite a chore to try and get off of his contract to free up money for D'Angelo Russell. So maybe they just let Tyus Jones walk if the Lakers presented him with a three-year, 24, $25 million offer. Now, I know for Lakers fans, some people might might be saying, I don't want to give Tyus Jones that much money, but I, I don't know. I, I think there's some potential there, especially because for me personally, I, I do find Tyus Jones to be a very intriguing prospect who's a really good playmaker and has shown the ability to knock down a shot or two. So I think I'll leave it there. That's my final option with regards to what the Lakers could do in the scenario where Kawhi Leonard doesn't join us. But with that said, I'll I'll leave it here. I've gone on long enough. 
Who knows when this Kawhi Leonard news will break. At this point, we're just praying that it's before 4th of July so that we can get on with our barbecues and family outings in peace and just enjoy it and enjoy it in the litness of knowing that Kawhi Leonard is a Los Angeles Laker. Once that happens, obviously, I'll schedule some time with Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander to just, uh, yeah, just talk about this odyssey that we've had to endure these excruciatingly painful last two or three days. Um, and what a glorious day that'll be. But even if we don't get Kawhi Leonard, to be honest with you, like I've outlined this entire episode, the Lakers have options. We still have Anthony Davis, my God. We have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, and freaking Zach Norvell. We will be okay, Lakers fans. So relax, calm down, enjoy July. And uh, yeah, it's a good time to be a Lakers fan. Our summer league team sucks. And with that, you know we're back. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We are presented to you by Lineups. Check out lineups.com for all of your betting needs. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. I hate doing the solo pod stuff, but uh, I figured now's the best time because it's an episode that only a few of you will listen to and the shelf life of it will probably last for about mm, two hours. So if ever there was time to do a solo pod, it is now. Hopefully I don't have to do too many more of these, but uh, yeah, we will catch you guys next time. Peace. credit card bill.